Hello, and welcome to the Serving Love Podcast. My name is Meredith, and I will be your humble host. Serving Love is an exploration around some of the paths to show up and live as love and to be of service to something greater than ourselves. We will dive deep into topics such as sacred sex, God, goddess, spirituality, and an array of modalities in the world of personal growth. I feel so honored to have the privilege to share with you here. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Serving Love Podcast. Today's episode, we have a very special guest, Michael Shorvat, who is a dear friend and brother on the path. I'm very excited to introduce him to you all and connect with him about his music and what he's doing and his purpose. It's really special. And um, hi, Michael. Hi, Meredith. Welcome. So happy to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, Michael and I met in an interesting way. Um, we sure did. Yeah, yeah. We met up at Harbin, which is this stunning hot spring uh, about two hours north of San Francisco in a in a hot in a hot pool and realized we both live in Santa Cruz and had really interesting conversation and connection and then went our separate ways, didn't didn't exchange any information and then months later we're at a show in Santa Cruz and run into each other and we have been friends ever since and so it's just been really an honor to get to know you and um have you as a friend in my life I feel the same clearly it was faded (laughs) I mean (laughs) <laughs> things like that just don't happen I although know. in santa cruz it's a little more common yeah yeah we're, we're small town folks yeah so. <laughs> um yeah so michael is a very talented musician um he helped me record the intro and outro for my podcast which i'm so grateful i had so much resistance to trying to figure this whole thing out. Oh my God, months and months I put this off. And then I, I posted something on social media. Is there anybody who knows how to do this? And Michael was like, well, I'll help you. And so not only did he record this for me, we used his music, which is incredibly special to have an intro and outro from a friend be his own music like what a cool thing to be doing this in community so Mm -hmm. just so cool and then I was like well you should be on the podcast and I'd love to talk about your journey with your music because I find it so interesting like you know where you where you started and where you are now and what you're up Mm -hmm. to now Mm -hmm. and just I find it so interesting how you started playing music in this rock band and and you'll get into that but you know playing music for very large crowds like huge crowds yeah sometimes uh 4000 people yeah which yeah. is ginormous yeah and yeah. so playing music for you know the these like sensational large groups and then now you play and create music that comes from your heart so yeah, I would love if you would speak to like what it was like then, how it felt, you know, how how it started and kind of like what that that version of your journey and your music was like then and and like how it transpired to to where you're at now and how you even sometimes still play in that. You sure. still play in that realm of hard rock and then you come back here, it's like you kind of have this bridge between the worlds. So I do. I do. Yeah, I would love love to hear <laughs> yeah. about that. What sure, yeah. What's really cool about it is it started as this dream as a child. You know, my dad had this guitar hanging on the wall. And I just vividly remember that guitar. It was like an old, like sixties beautiful guitar. It was like a copy of a really expensive guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked really cool in it mm-hmm. and it just always caught me. And I knew from the moment I saw it that I wanted to play that instrument Mm. someday. Mm -hmm. And even from the the age of 10, I started talking about it to my parents. I started playing when I was 12. I had no, like, I didn't even imagine becoming a singer or a songwriter Mm -hmm. at that point. All I knew is that I wanted to play guitar. Mm -hmm. And so I dove in when I was 12. And like about a year after I started playing guitar, 
songs just naturally wanted to come through me mm-hmm. and I hadn't sang before mm-hmm. and I just started singing mm. like it was it just all came so natural and unexpected mm-hmm. and so in, in seventh grade I remember I wrote a song with some friends and we wrote I wrote a song about the emergency exit on the bus (laughs) and like everybody loved it and I was basically just like ripping off Nirvana Mm. and like playing the same chords but writing my own melody Mm. and words to it and and that was like the start of it Mm. for me I never stopped writing Mm -hmm. after that because I had so much fun doing it and it was just something I loved Mm -hmm. and so I continued down that path and it eventually led me to this band um my first band was a chicago band called empyrean mm-hmm. which is like my last name like nobody can really pronounce it or <laughs> like or me spell it. <laughs> so so we had that it was a it was a hard rock band and we started getting some minor success in town after mm-hmm. like a few years of really going at it and all of a sudden we found ourselves um playing the big venue in town which was called Metro and i remember that day we got i mean we got that call from the booking agent that oh i had sent God. you know this is back in the day of CDs i had <laughs> sent i had sent <laughs> you had a CD i had sent CDs out to all these wow. booking you know booking agents in town like that booked these venues not expecting ever to hear back from this venue which was like the moment i entered met like metro in chicago i i, w- I looked on stage and i said i'm gonna be up there one day mm. I, there was just no doubt wow it was we... just like this is what i'm meant to do i'm gonna be up there someday mm-hmm. and i just like went towards that dream with without I mean, I had fear, but it was like I did things mm. anyway because I was so motivated. Like, I was a really shy kid, even though I sang. Well, that, um, this I find this so interesting. You know, so everybody is talking about the power of manifestation, about, you know, all mm-hmm. these things. But well, mm-hmm. we'll talk about the clarity of desire without any doubt that you were going to have this thing. Mm-hmm. And you just went for it, which is interesting because I'm guessing uh-huh. this is before you really started your spiritual journey. Is that true? Yeah, well, what what I say now is before I started having the awareness of my spiritual journey, I was already on it. Right. You know, Well, but I had no awareness that I was on it. Mm-hmm. I was just doing what I love. Mm-hmm. And, and looking back now, yeah, I was just having this thought the other day how, whoa, I was there. Mm-hmm. I knew how to manifest naturally. All these things happened in a row, which I'll go into, but this was just like the dawning of it all right well and I love just how simple that was you know Mm -hmm. sometimes we get in this world of spirituality and there's all these bells and whistles and manifest this way or do Mm -hmm. it this way or Mm -hmm. do it that way and actually it's really very simple it's very simple it's like Mm -hmm. know this thing you feel it in your being I'm sure you felt it in your body you probably imagined yourself up on that stage many times you knew what it was gonna feel like like there was no doubt in your mind that you were gonna have it and then you just did it Mm-hmm. like you made like it ha- like you made it happen mm-hmm. and- yeah it was it was wild <laughs> like it was the most amazing feeling still one of the most amazing feelings in my life I call up my other band members were like one by one mm. you know and we're all freaking out like like this is all of our dreams yeah that, that is coming true suddenly mm-hmm. and yeah so that exactly what you're saying it's like I just knew at a at a deep level this is who this is who I am Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and like nothing's gonna waver me from this Mm -hmm. and then things came into alignment like the whole way it happened is I ran into the booking agent at another show Mm. because he wasn't even responding to me Mm -hmm. I ran into him at another show that I went to recognized him went up to him and introduced myself Mm. and he said oh you're Michael from the band Empyrean. Like mm. he knew me. Mm. He's like, I got your CD. I've uh-huh. been wanting to reach out to you soon to book you. And I was like, really? Wow. Yeah. Like I had no idea. Cause I hadn't even heard from him. Mm-hmm. I just figured he had thrown our CD away. Mm. But it's it, amazing. But he had listened to it and liked what he heard. Yeah. 
Yeah, and also the piece that I hear in there too that I love is there is this other, you know, thing in manifestation was like, oh, feel it and sit back and watch Mm -hmm. it happen. It's like, no, you actually need to take inspired action. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's like know it, feel it, and and... then and then feel where the action needs Mm -hmm. to be taken. It's not Mm -hmm. like a just sitting there on your on your butt and doing nothing about it. It's like you actually need to feel the steps and like Mm -hmm. listen to them. Listen to like you knew that you were that you needed to go up to this person and introduce yourself. And, and like that was the inspired action that then led to, you know, one of the steps that led to you having this dream come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I mean, <laughs> I, w- I was bold back then in that way because I knew, yeah, like I said, I knew what I wanted. And I think one of the things that you're touching upon is in the spiritual community, at least I've recognized it here in Santa Cruz and even within myself at times where I think I just ha- have to think of something mm-hmm. and it's just going to appear. <laughs> it's going to materialize. And yeah. It doesn't have to be any action. <laughs> and I've talked to other people, even people who are into Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. and his way of manifesting in the quantum field. I've talked to them and then they're like, oh yeah, I just, I just go into the quantum field and then I, I just trust everything's going to happen for me without taking action. Mm-hmm. Like they're just meditating lo- <laughs> for a long time during the you know hours a day and then just saying this is just going to come to me but that's not how it works and like, that's it is part of it's it it's part of it right it helps yes and you don't have to what i've discovered is you don't have to do it that long mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep and as long as it's in alignment and you're feeling it and you're loving it and you take action like it will happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what i've learned and i and i've I just like re-remembered that recently, mm-hmm. like what I already knew when I was younger. I just kind of like Isn't knew the way so it worked. Funny how we know, and I forgot. We know these things so naturally, yeah. and then the world and society tells well, us, you mm-hmm. know, it clouds it, and people are trying to sell you all these things, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's almost like it's like we kind of like forget then to hopefully remember again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a coming back to a coming home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so wild to me the things that we do on this planet. It's like we start clean and clear and we have you know, we know we have such wisdom mm-hmm. and then the world piles all this shit on top of it and then we spend all this time, I mean people in my field and like personal development, all of this stuff, we spend all of this time trying to then peel back the layers that we've created <laughs> to get yeah. back to where we were. Yeah. Yes. Just to go home again, you know, mm-hmm. and and I mm-hmm. guess that is life, right? Like that's what sure. makes it interesting is this sure. whole wild turn of events and things that we put ourselves mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, totally. So I'll I'll share with you a little bit more about my journey. Yeah, which is from there. Um, so went from that band, came into another band, which was some of the same members, but then I dropped the guitar and became the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And we added another guitar player. Well, that incarnation became a band called Treaty of Paris. And that band like, was the band where like everything happened that I had mm. ever dreamed of. Mm. And it all happened very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I think it was within the first year of us year or two of us being together we we uh we landed a record deal wow we went to hollywood to record record our record <gasps> we stayed in a mansion that was like a cribs house i don't know if you guys remember cribs <laughs> TV from cribs, MTV. Yes. <laughs> depends what age wow, you are yeah but we were put up in a cribs house like a mansion uh, in venice mm. in venice california and then we <laughs> Like everything was paid for. Um, we recorded with the the producer who who produced Incubus Science, mm. which was like a huge record producer. And we we went on tour with with big bands. Like we went on tour with Yellow Card. We went on tour with um, Jack's Mannequin. Mm. We were on Warp Tour for some of it. And all these things were happening suddenly, and it was just, like, so rapid. Mm. And all these dreams that I've had were happening. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I can't believe it. And we were, like, we were building momentum, and everything is going, like, really great. Mm -hmm. 
and we're in and all that happened and then we're in process of writing our second album our first album had some like minor success it wasn't huge huge Mm -hmm. but it had minor success and ourselves we sold I think it was like 12,000 copies of it just from like touring and stuff wow. and we did that all ourselves uh-huh. it was just we That's were amazing. we really went for it and so we were in process of writing our second album and then we get a phone call oh my god tell me <laughs> well this was like it's not the kind of phone call that any of us wanted oh no it was that our so we had just signed a record deal a year prior and we found out that our label was closing its doors <gasps> after only being open. It was an indie label that only opened its doors like maybe for a year mm. and then like closed them really fast. <laughs> and mm-hmm. And just like that, we were supposed to have a five album deal. Boom. Five albums. Gone. Just one album done. So we were all just like... Devastated. Devastated. Mm -hmm. Because we had had all this great momentum. We were writing some great music. And we knew we had more to come. Mm -hmm. And we had built this following around the Midwest where we could actually draw like, you know, we could draw like a thousand people just ourselves in Chicago and then surrounding areas Mm -hmm. like like fill-out venues too. And we had never had that before, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot to build like back in the day, especially when sure. you're doing it yourself. Right. You know, like we just did it from being on these tours and mm-hmm. winning over crowds mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't all this like social media marketing stuff. Right. Not at that point. Back then. Yeah. yeah so this had, is all like, this is, all this is like door to door. Yeah. So that happened. And yeah, we were all just completely devastated. It was like all of our dreams just like crushed mm-hmm. simultaneously. And after that, yeah, I just, that happened soon after my mom passed. Mm. And I just had this like feeling that this wasn't, it started to become in this way, like out of alignment mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. where the songs that were coming through me now which were more like heart centered, mm-hmm. more depth to them. The band didn't like them even. Mm. You know, they started to to only kind of like work with mostly what um, my other bandmate, who's also a songwriter, was writing songs, and and the band was going more towards his songs mm-hmm. than mine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which was okay. I mean, it's a group of people, you know, and right. it's like they're entitled to it. But that's when I started. I didn't. I didn't totally know it at the time, but I didn't know where I was going because now I can call, I can definitely call myself like a spiritual singer songwriter. Mm -hmm. At the time I didn't know what, what I was or what was happening. I just knew my songs were getting like deeper meanings to them. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just songs about girls, like which which, like (laughs) (laughs) what our band was mainly writing about Mm -hmm. at the time. Like my heart wanted to share more than just about girls. Mm Mm-hmm or heartache or Mm -hmm. whatever it is and so yeah I parted ways with that band and my journey took me to just I really wanted security because the whole time having all that so-called success Mm -hmm. I did not have financial success Mm. pretty much the whole entire time wow it was still like barely getting by Mm -hmm. you know um because that's that was just the reality like of of being a band mm-hmm. you know you we, we know a lot of those success stories in the mainstream but that's really like maybe less than one percent right of the music that's out there mm-hmm. that have that success mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know we were like one of those bands that we we had a following yet it was still like, we still had to work day jobs, I remember, and do things like that when we were, like, back from tour. So you're touring, you're yeah. working, you're yeah. making music, you're practicing. Yeah. It's just, like, mm-hmm. got to be exhausting to... Oh, it was, it was exhausting. Constantly. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. And we were, we were in a, on a tour bus, you know, we're in a van, mm-hmm. five people, plus the tour manager, plus the merch, um, the merch guy um, or girl. 
And, you know, that's like <laughs> that's seven people crammed in a van right. for like a month and a half, two months at a time. Mm-hmm. You're bound to have stuff come up when you're in that close proximity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah, it was, it was exhausting. And mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of driving overnight drives involved and all these things and a lot of like not being able to eat properly and stay healthy in that way. So I remember getting sick a ton too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that happened, and what I realize now is that all of this and the way that it crumbled, and this is how I th- see things now, is I have an awareness that things crumbled to open up new opportunities. Totally. It was the catalyst. It was the catalyst. For the next right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where it brought me then was, yeah, I got this nine-to-five job. I got this security that I wanted. It was the perfect thing at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I was working with a bunch of moms, so I got all these moms <laughs> after I lost my mom, and it was really great, oh, actually. Yeah. Like Everybody was really sweet, and I did that, and I was still doing music, you know, on the, but it became a side thing. It didn't mm-hmm. become my main thing for like five years, and then what, what shifted everything for me, actually, was I got my, – my aunt started talking to me about something called Reiki. Mm. And I was like, Your aunt I was like, did. My, my aunt, oh, wow. yeah. So she had just gotten into it. She had gotten like, I believe her like level one and level two attunements. And she's starting to talk to me about energy. And I'm like, and I'm super closed off. Mm. You know, I'm, I have no spiritual practice at the time. Like I just. I grew up Christian and I was like, that's not for me. Mm. I had no like religion. I had, I was basically just like going through life without, which without like much of purpose besides Mm -hmm. like the music. Mm -hmm. And so she's speaking to me of this and I'm like, you're crazy. Like that can't be real. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? You're channeling energy and you channel it into people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like thinking like that's not possible. This sounds crazy. And so she'd talk about it and she was, but I saw how excited she was about it. So I'm like, well, she's really excited. She's like, just let me try it on you sometime. Mm -hmm. So I finally let her after like months of her talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And after she gave me my first Reiki treatment and it was just 15 minutes, I was like, what did you just do to me? Mm. Like, I couldn't stop smiling. Oh, my goodness. I felt so relaxed, so energized at the same time. And I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was like, you know, I had heard of life force. I had heard of this energy that moves through things. But I had never felt it like that before. Mm-hmm. And after I felt it, it like changed everything. Mm-hmm. And it started and I... She started treating me weekly, and then it. after that, I just wanted to do it. So she gave me my first attunement because she started teaching it. Oh, my so she get So my aunt, Mary, gave me my, my level one attunement, and that was when the switch went off. Mm-hmm. I remember that day of my attunement, I came home from her class, and these two songs poured out of me. Back to back. And you're like, wow, this is magic. And they were they were very different than mm. anything I had ever written. Mm. And and then I kind of like just left them and le- like let it sit, didn't do anything with them. But they were like very much deeply spiritual in nature. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just came through. And then so I let it sit. And then finally, it was like, I had taken like a two-year break from songwriting. Even I had maybe written one song. So these were the first two songs that came through after that. And then suddenly, these other songs started coming Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. And what I realized, it was amazing. They all came in order, Mm -hmm. and it became my first solo album, which is called The Light. Mm-hmm. Which then what I also realized was that each song, I realized this after the fact, aligned with the chakra, with the body, and it was given to me like as a gift. And it was... That's wild. It was, it was actually eight songs because like the eighth chakra, like seat of the soul, like where the divine energy connects mm-hmm. to your crown. 
it all just came. Mm-hmm. It all just came. And it was like a complete download. Every song was written very fast, like 15 to 30 minutes per song just channeled through me. And you were just, you just sat down and you're like, I know this song. Uh It's just, it's coming out. It just came through and they all came out in order. Oh my goodness. And that's when I was like, okay. (laughs) Like this is real. This is real. Mm -hmm. And it was just this, this transformation that I went through and it went, after like my biggest breakup of the time that I've ever had, like it, this is when it all poured out. Mm-hmm. Like it started before that relationship and then the rest came through mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. And so instead of me going down the, let's write more songs about heartache and girls. And it was like, it was this whole different thing. No, like let's, let's let something come through that, when people hear it and when people feel it in their heart Mm -hmm. from what's coming from my heart, Mm -hmm. that they're really moved by it, Mm -hmm. that they're inspired. Mm -hmm. And that's what came through. And it was just amazing. And that was like the start of my solo music career, that album, which people still tell me to this day. They're like, it's so like, it's so energizing when I listen to it. And this girl in my, my spiritual community, because I, I, um, I'm part of the Center for Spiritual Living in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. I'm in their house band, mm-hmm. and I get to share original really music sweet. once a month, um, which is super sweet. Like someone recently came up to me and said, and this was the first song that came through me. It's called Indigo. Mm-hmm. It's like the third eye chakra. Mm-hmm. She goes, I was, fe- I was in a really dark place. Like I was feeling suicidal, actually. Mm. And I listened to your song, Indigo, and she said, it brought me from that place to to seriously laughing with, like, gratitude. Wow. Wow. That's, like, the power of, of, of speaking from your heart and your truth. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it sounds to me like almost, you know, when you're in that state, when the music moves through you like that, it's almost... You know, like uh, it's removing your ego, removing your own thoughts, removing, mm-hmm. you know, and being this clear channel for mm-hmm. the divine to move through. Mm-hmm. And like you're like, you're just allowing it to move through you and come exactly. out, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then it is this beautiful thing that people mm-hmm. get to actually deeply feel and experience because it's truly felt, you know, mm-hmm. as it's coming through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like the... Re- the resistance is just gone. <laughs> it, mean, mm-hmm, <laughs> it means because mm-hmm. there still is even to this day some resistance about fully stepping into what I I know I'm here to do. Well, what's the resistance? Oh, <laughs> Tell me what the resistance is. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's very human resistance that we have. So the resistance, one, is the responsibility that mm-hmm. comes with stepping into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nowhere to hide when it's just me. Mm-hmm. It's my solo music. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to hide. I don't have a band right. with me to hide with. Yep. Um, and then it's also like, there's a, there's a deep fear of failure, failure that I've been coming up against because of what happened to me, like with my old band. Right. That fear of that, that trauma that happened, mm-hmm. like that it could happen again. That it could happen or... again. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've... I've very much been overcoming. Mm-hmm. And as of recent, it was just like recently that I've just chosen to fully step into and have full clarity on what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm stepping into it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's what's cool is it's become the music is always my passion and the mission has become more than just about the music mm-hmm. and that's what's really lighting me up right now mm-hmm. well let's is, talk about what, what's the mission <laughs> <laughs> so recently i launched um a movement mm-hmm. which there were again resi- much resistance towards <laughs> launching this movement it had been in my mind for a year mm-hmm. it came to me a year ago and i was like who am i right who am i to start a movement mm-hmm. like like, I'm not even that well known. You know, all these things like 
<laughs> that go through our minds like mm-hmm. and I had to overcome that I was not the type of person that could start a movement mm-hmm. and it just like it took a year mm-hmm. to overcome that feeling because I'd take like a little step towards it and what would I'd you start know- creating things around it and then like and then take a huge step back and just ignore that I even had the thought of starting. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit, you know, if you could speak to just like a li- like what's what is a step that had you start to like a, like kind of dissolve that because I love hearing that you've mm-hmm. overcome it, and I think it's so interesting for people to hear like, well, how you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like great you oh you overcame yeah. it, but what's yeah. what's like one thing you know, like what's one little thing on the path that. That helped well, you. The the biggest thing is um, I'm currently doing this program that has ama- this amazing technology and process that works with the super conscious part of your mind. Mm-hmm. And that really was the thing that gave me the shift because what it helps do and the super conscious part of your mind is um, the part of your mind or the part of you really that's eternal. Mm-hmm. It's your spirit. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like always there mm-hmm. for you to connect with. And typically, we're not asking it about anything. We're not connecting with it. We just kind of know it's there, mm-hmm. right? And what's cool is I started this process where the facilitator is talking directly to my super conscious. Mm-hmm. And that was like, from the moment that that started happening, the resistance started to lift and I started to let go. And to the point where after a year, like suddenly there was not the resistance like there had been. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say the resistance was totally gone, but it was enough to the point where I knew there was no other choice. I knew that that in order to do what I love, like I was doing naturally when I was younger, mm-hmm. like 18, going like full in on my band, that I needed to take that same energy and put it towards what was true for me now, which mm-hmm. was not the same thing, which was not just the music, which was really like, what I am creating myself to be is like this gateway to people's personal transformation. And yes, that happens through the music, but yes, it also happens through my own personal sharing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started, um, it's called the be the light in the dark movement. What does it look like? What is it? (laughs) What is the be the light in the dark movement? so So the, so it's a movement about vulnerability and also authenticity. So what I've come up with is um, basically this um, acronym for the word love. <gasps> and so I'm so what I am doing with the movement is inspiring, basically inspiring the world to love. And my definition of love is let out vulnerable emotion mm-hmm. because that's the most loving thing, in my opinion, that we can do. Because if, if, if other people are like me in the past, which I'm guessing they are, and I still have these moments now, but <laughs> not, not as much, we, like, we really, as humans, love to hide things. We love to hide when we're in pain because we feel like people are going to judge us for some reason for like being where we're at, whether it's like depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts or any of those things. It's like... They're not in the mainstream. It's like we're not allowed to talk about it. Like we're not allowed to talk about what's really going on with us. We have to put a smile on our face and act like everything's fine. And the truth is, there's a lot of people struggling. Right. And so this movement came from my own struggles with depression and anxiety. And and the and what came from when I was able to share it openly with my friends is how it started. With my family is how it started. 
And then... Well, what did you notice when you started to share? Like, how were people responding? Well, it opens people up. Mm -hmm. Then they get to share where they And they got to be vulnerable with you, too. And they get to be vulnerable. And then you could feel each other more deeply. Yeah, there's a deeper connection. Love comes in because love only comes in when you open up the parts of you that are screaming out to be loved more. Mm -hmm. You know, so my belief is that in order for those parts to be loved, they need to be shared. They can't just be kept in and blocked and stuck. It's like they need to be spoken about. That is an energetic thing that's happening when you share it with someone else. So what the movement is, is taking that to a whole nother level and sharing openly with (laughs) <laughs> with the world like there's nothing to hide like like i'm i'm doing posts now on my social media on facebook uh mainly facebook instagram too where i'm just speaking to these things mm-hmm. that i've been through and it's amazing like so far i just started this process and it's going to go even further but this is just the beginning and the way that people are responding and just like so on board with it and like they've been waiting for it. People are hungry for it. They're super hungry for it. You know. Yeah, and I, I love speaking to that. It's yeah. like being permission for people to share and and I think um it makes me think back to what you said about like, well, who am I to do this? And it's like, well, who are we not to? You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. in these these personal development communities, we get kind of lost in like well, everybody is a lighthouse. All of our friends, you know, are coaches or guides or mentors or medicine people, you know, everybody's up to stuff. So we start to kind of forget that there's so much more of the world that hasn't been touched in that way yet. And, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, there are going to be people who are going to completely resonate with Mm -hmm. your, your mission Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. what you're up to and, and how you speak it. And, so there's plenty to go around. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that that got me when even when I first moved to Santa Cruz from Chicago is I thought everybody was more spiritual than me. <laughs> like I had this whole thing, funny thing going on <laughs> and all this love and light talk and everybody coming up to me and like when I and being like blessings and and I'm just like <laughs> it didn't feel like I couldn't receive it first of all. Mhm. And it didn't feel like authentic to me. And I realized that's because I'm a spiritual being no matter no matter who I am. Right. And it's not about being like these other people. And that's where I had it wrong. Mm-hmm. That I had something to strive to be. Mm-hmm. Like I, I must, in order to be spiritual, I must act like this person. But what I've realized now is that has nothing to do with spirituality. Oh my god! And that's what this movement is bless, about. Bless. So, if you get nothing so, else from this podcast, <laughs> hear that, people. <laughs> so really, spiritual to me, the most spiritual thing you can do is be authentic to you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like that is it. It's your own authenticity, and not having to change who you are for anyone else, mm-hmm. no matter where that's at. Like just. It's it's like being where you're at, and that's okay. You don't have to be anywhere else, and that's part of the movement too. So the second half of it is like living the magic of authentically being you, well, because that. that's the that's piece number two. Mm-hmm. So letting out these vul- vulnerable emotions. So that's like the letting go part. That's helping you let go, which opens up the space to create, which the creation comes from your authenticity from doing what you love, from being who you love and not like thinking you have to be someone that you don't love just because that's like more spiritual or something. Well, and I love that piece about the the creativity. And I found this for myself too. It's like mm-hmm. when I'm so busy looking at other people to show me who I am and how to do it and, you know, giving away my power mm-hmm. and, you know, just completely muddling my being with all this crap that isn't me, mm-hmm. I lose touch with my creativity. It's yeah. like it doesn't exist for me. And then it's there's, there's then there's grief around that. Like, well, yeah. all these people are so creative. What happened to mine? And it's like actually the 
like, and I'm really getting this now is the more me I am, the more space there is for creativity to move through me. Mm-hmm. And it literally, like, it cannot live with me out of alignment and, you know, with, with who I am. It, mm-hmm. It's just like, they don't, they can't, like, they, they, they can't coexist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that I've realized, so when you start stepping into this alignment, which is what I'm doing now, I would say expect things to fall away that don't serve your newfound clarity Mm -hmm. because that's going to happen. And and it may, those things may also feel like a loss, like you're losing something, Mm -hmm. like losing a part of you, but really things you know, like something might happen, like you lose your job or whatever it is, because you stated so clearly who you are mm-hmm. and what you're, you know, what you're here to do and your purpose, like those things may just naturally fall away. Which isn't which to may, say you're not going to try to and, hold and, on and, to and, them. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people may fall away. Things that people in your life that are no longer in alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, like those things, I would say expect those things to happen. And it may look like, oh, things things aren't going like the way I thought they were going to go. Like, man, I thought like when I really got this clarity and, and I'm living, like I'm being this now, that everything's just going to be perfect. And that's just not the way this reality works. That's like a big misconception that there is some fairy tale ending or, or that things are just going to be so aligned that it's just like mm-hmm. everything's perfect. No, it's like a constant learning and things are going to be shaken up whenever they need to be shaken up yeah. for you. We go through many deaths mm-hmm. along yeah. the way yeah, many. to and don't, yeah. don't expect them to stop. And that's also just part of this beautiful cycle of life. It's like, mm-hmm. how, you know, when I think about it all the time of just how many times I have, I have died and come to life again and then only to do it, do it all over again, you know? And, and now it's coming to this place where I'm just in love with the process because Mm -hmm. that is life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's, what's actually so beautiful is how many different, like how many, like how much, like every step along the way, I feel like it even closer, you know, even more me, even more me, like just when I think I'm the most me I've ever been, you know, it gets shaken up and then I'm even (laughs) more me the next time, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like every time something like that happens where you have this, you know, (laughs) death of the ego, it's like, oh my God, it's actually moving me into this next phase, which is Mm -hmm. another beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's one thing. That's another misconception I believe that people think is like the ego can actually die. It's your own creation. Mm-hmm. It has already been created. And if you think about science, energies that energy that has been created cannot die. Mm-hmm. So people expect like the further along they get in this path, like the voice is just going to stop in their head. Mm-hmm. That's saying all these no, no. things that are like all, <laughs> no. all the limiting no. beliefs that, that cause the resistance. And they don't stop. Mm-mm. It's just, you stop listening to them, mm-hmm. but but they don't stop. Like that's just a place that's like, that's like part of that fairy tale. That's a place you think you can get mm-hmm. that just doesn't exist. It's not why we're here. Mm-hmm. And so, well, that's at least my belief. Mm-hmm. So like that can also cause you to like get off track when you, again, thinking you're supposed to be somewhere else than where you are. You know, oh, man. I bet if a, you could talk a... to Buddha today, he still had like that monkey mind going. I bet you anything. It's not like he stopped it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you and know? I see. I think that what happens is we just get better and we're skillful at when we veer off, we can bring ourselves back. You know, mm-hmm. it's like for mm-hmm. me, it used to be something that would take me off the path like that would last. It might be a year uh, in yeah, a mess. That's, and that's now it. and then it's. Then it's nine months and then it's eight months. And then mm-hmm. now I can, now I'm in a place where there are a lot of things I can get myself back on track in 24 hours, yep. you know, and, yep. and that's it. And sometimes it's, then maybe it'll be 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. you know, there's always going to be that, okay, we veer off. Now we come, you know, mm-hmm. it's just learning that skill over time of like that's how exactly to it. bring yourself back to you. 
yeah yeah it becomes like how fast can i come back mm -hmm. you know like okay i went down the rabbit hole of that thought for a little bit mm -hmm. and now i have the awareness that that thought is not me mm -hmm. that i get to create me mm -hmm. and that's kind of like that's the difference mm -hmm. because before like you said be a year and a half two years sometimes where you're lost in this thought or this idea of how you think life should be mm -hmm. and you can be stuck in that for so long but as long as you maintain to me it's about maintaining the awareness over anything you know and keeping that authentic authenticity and letting letting out who you really are and what's really going on like one of the practices that i've started doing is as i'm creating this life that I want to create it's also like well first of all it's like there's the I it's more like what wants to come through me what wants to manifest through me mm -hmm. yeah. through these gifts that I've been given in this life like what really wants to come through and so that's like the one thing but then there's also the process of and don't forget the question and where am I where am I at right now right where am I at right now what am I feeling right now? Where is my life at? In comparison to where I want it to be and to these goals I've set and to what I want to manifest. So it's like, I think that's a really important part because it keeps us in check. You know, mm. it, it's like acknowledging this is where I'm at and it's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with where I'm at. Yeah, it's totally okay. And that's where I think also many people can get off track. It's, it's all like this thinking like the, the cause to me, like the cause of so much suffering in the human race is like thinking that you need to be somewhere else than where you're at. Yeah, it's this disapproval. And of... it's just not true. Mm -hmm. Once you can start loving your life where you're at, even if you want to be somewhere else, that's what it's about to me. That's a huge, huge mm -hmm. one. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me too. Mm -hmm. In this, and oh my gosh, I, I had this idea that if I approved of exactly where I was, that I wouldn't change or that mm -hmm. I wouldn't get to the place that I wanted to go. I thought it was going to mean that I would end up lazy on the couch. Like, oh, I'm fine with life where it is. Let me just sit here and eat a bag of chips and do nothing <laughs> yeah. about it. And it actually ended up being the opposite. It was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, once I had this full approval for my life exactly where it was, this peace, this serenity, mm -hmm. like there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to be fixed. Then it's been amazing to see what's actually like this, almost this empty space, you know, there's just so much, mm -hmm. there's now there's all this space to like allow for what actually wants to move through. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful. To me, that's such a key. Like you, you just touched upon the fixing. Like to mm -hmm. me, there's like the key is like remembering that you're not broken, mm -hmm. that there is nothing to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And like that's, you know, we were talking before this podcast a little bit about the full moon right now mm -hmm. and like the different aspects of how it's showing us our human self and then our spirit mm -hmm. self <laughs> and how different those are. And so our human self says, what's, what's wrong? What do I need to fix? I'm not good enough. But, you know, the list goes on. Right. It's, it's always looking to be healed. And the spirit side says, there is nothing to be healed. You're not, you're not broken. There's nothing to fix. So we like butt up against that yeah. a lot. And the more that, that we accept our humanness, and accept our spirit that's eternal. It's like, it's not about one is better than the other. It's about accepting both. That yes, sometimes we're going to feel this way and remember your spirit. Like keep that awareness of what, like what's, what's inside of you, who you are. Like it's about keeping that awareness because you're going to continue to feel your humanness. Damn it. Sometimes I just hate <laughs> you, that. As much as, as much as like we don't want to. I know. And it is like a damn it. I know. I'm no, feeling this again. So I'm good. thinking this again. Yeah. Like my whole life still having these thoughts. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, because you're human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's sometimes we forget. We forget how human we are. Sometimes. Oh, most every day. I'm like, oh my <laughs> Pretty God, much every day. I should know better. We need but... daily reminders. Yeah. I really believe that. It's about a daily practice of mm-hmm. reminding yourself who you really are. Yeah. And even just today, I had to do that. Even before I got in the car to come over here, I had to hold myself mm-hmm. and like gently stroke myself and tell myself, like, it's okay. You know, I was feeling all sorts of feelings and I was just reminding myself that ah, it's okay. You know, like mm-hmm. all of those parts, it's, it's okay that they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's it's nothing okay. bad. Okay. There's nothing wrong with them. They're allowed to have a set, you know, like mm-hmm. it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So good. I, I love, love that too. we got here. So can we, yeah, I feel maybe we'll, we'll start to close here i'm curious sure. like let like tell the people where they can find you and and what you're up to that. and yeah so i'm up to this movement the be the light in the dark movement and right now you can find me on facebook is a good way to connect um just look me up michael shorvat my last name is c-h-o-r v-a-t i'll put a link in the show notes great and then also youtube i have a lot of music and music videos on youtube that i think you'll really enjoy that are also aligned with all i've been sharing here today and then also um my website which is uh, michaelshorvatmusic.com those are the best ways and I'm on Instagram too, so mm-hmm. Michael Shorvat Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check him out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. See what he's up to, what he's writing. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. I'm sure you'll get something from it. And thank you so much for taking the time to connect with me and, yeah. and share your story here. And it was really sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Meredith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, until next time, everyone. Love you. Thank you for listening to Serving Love Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. You can find me on social media as Meredith Lynn. Until next time, I wish you lots of love.